Praise the Lord. This is Pastor Johnson from Bethel Lady Church. Thank you for downloading our podcast. We are so glad we could connect with you through this podcast. Please ensure you subscribe to receive new messages every week. We pray this podcast builds your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and motivates you to live a life of excellence for the glory of our Lord. Thank you for your support. Enjoy the message. Praise the Lord. And today I want to learn with you from the Bible on the fact that you and I have to, <laughs> it's a funny word, management. Blessing management. We have to manage the blessings of God. Yeah, because if you don't manage the blessing of God, you might get mismanaged, right? So having, having to manage the blessing of God is such a privilege in our life. And we got to learn to handle God's blessings in a very respectful and appropriate manner. Let me ask you this question. Why does God bless us? Why does God bless us? When a company comes up saying, look, we are giving dividends and bonus, we know the company is looking for a bigger market share. But what does God expect? What is God's intention? What does God mean when he says, I'm going to bless you? What is God looking for? Well, I don't think he's looking for anything. And I'll tell you why. Because he has everything. <laughs> Seven billion people on the earth, if they worship him, it won't make a big difference to him because trillions and trillions of countless angels are already worshiping him. Uh, a few billion people worshiping him doesn't make a difference to him. So why does God want to bless us? And I was searching the scripture and I was very surprised to see God wants to bless us and has blessed us simply because he loves us. Not because we deserve it, not because we've always been right, and not just because God wants to do justice, which is that sometimes we deserve some success for our efforts and, and God wants to enforce justice. Well, apart from all those things, the truth is God loves us. And because God loves us, God wants to bless us. He likes to bless us. And therefore, God says something to you and me, so very important. Hey, listen, this is so important. God says to you and me, you should also choose blessings. See, I have chosen blessing for you, but you should also choose blessing for yourself. I know this will sound strange because there's nobody who doesn't desire blessing. But the fact is, many times we choose wrong things instead of blessings. And it happens because we're getting tricked we're getting cheated, sometimes we're getting manipulated. But the truth is, many times, we end up choosing other things except blessings. So the Bible says, choose blessings. And, and I, I wanna show this to you. Let's read Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 19. Today, God is saying, I have given you the choice. You can choose between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would, God is saying, oh, that you would choose life. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Did, did you notice that scripture? Let's read it again. Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curse. Look, life and blessings are on one side. They are one party. They are one gang. They are one team. Death and curses are another team. That's another partnership. 
And God is saying, choose the team of life. Did you see that? Look at that. Let's read it again. Now I call on heavens and earth to witness the choice you make. And God is saying, oh, I desire how I wish that you would choose life and blessings. Life and blessings go together. Death and curses go together. God is making a request to us. Hey, church, don't be so worldly minded. Don't be so pleasure minded. Be blessings minded. Don't be so sin-minded. Don't be so tragedy-minded. Don't be so pandemic-minded. Be blessings-minded. <laughs> God wants you and me to walk in consistency of the choice of blessings. We must constantly have that desire in our heart to make choices that are blessed. Hallelujah. I am so excited with thousands of stories of how God has blessed their life and changed their life miraculously. Amen. Well, it, it feels painful and, and sad when we hear stories of pain and struggle, but then those who hope in the Lord, those who trust in the Lord, even though there are things we don't understand and things that we don't desire that can happen around us because sin has made this world imperfect and so way out of line from what God meant for it. But however, the more you and I look to the Lord, the Bible says, they that look to him, their faces were radiant and they were never put to shame. So God is telling you and me, guys, choose blessings. Choose blessings on a daily basis, consistently, in, in different opportunities of life. Choose wisely, choose blessings. Choose life, choose life. Many people who have handled the blessings in a right way have enjoyed great social and spiritual victory without compromising any area of their life. So what do you expect when you're blessed? Let's ask Mother Mary. You know, many people like to call her Virgin Mary, uh, but I, I don't find that in the Bible. In the Bible, I find the word Mother Mary, is especially when you read the Gospel of Luke, you know, the Bible says, Elizabeth being full of the Holy Spirit came to uh, see Mother Mary, who was carrying the Lord Jesus and uh, um, Elizabeth, full of the Holy Spirit, says to Mother Mary, why am I so blessed that you, such a blessed woman, the mother of my Lord? You know, in many places you will find uh, Mary being addressed as Mother Mary. It is actually a wrong tradition to call her Virgin Mary because being a virgin is not a blessing like being the mother of our Lord Jesus. You know, the fact that she is the mother of the Lord Jesus is, is more blessed than just, every girl is a virgin until marriage. So that's not a big deal. But Mary was the mother of our Lord and Mother Mary is a more honorable title that I find in the Bible for Mary. And the Bible says, when God blessed her, Okay, now what did she have? Did she have cars and bungalows coming her way? What do you expect when you're blessed? And I'll tell you what happened. When she got blessed by God, the Holy Spirit power came on her. Invisibly, the word of God became flesh in her womb, right? And guess what? That's, that's like a big blessing, true. It's, it's like a blessing that has happened to no one else in the history of human world, true. But what were the consequences? This was a young lady who was dreaming of her marriage. And guess what happens? Marriage is on the verge of breakdown. Because the guy who was engaged to her, 
was not willing to listen to stories and was thinking of breaking the marriage, breaking the engagement, the betrothal. Second, now she had to face a community that might stone her to death. Third, all her dreams of a normal family life is gone because everyone is going to keep asking, what's Jesus' story? I mean, what is the story about that baby? Normal life was gone forever. You know, all of us get excited when we talk about Mother Mary because she had a visitation from God. It's a big privilege. But, but do you see that every blessing has a responsibility? Every blessing has a sacrifice with it. Every blessing has a consequence attached to it. Mm-hmm. She would no longer be another woman in town. She would no longer be another regular lady. She was changed person completely. Why? Because she received the blessing of God. Now, God blesses different people differently, but every blessing of God comes with responsibilities, sacrifices, changes in life. And we must be prepared to understand that. Right? Many people, they get flustered with blessings. I, I, I say that honestly. When they get blessed, they don't know how to handle it. Now, this is a management principle and a worldwide statistical truth. More people have destroyed their life, not through failure, but through success. I'll say that again. More people have destroyed their life, their character, their relationships, the quality of their life. They've destroyed it through success, not through failure. Because when people go through failure, they quickly turn around to others, take advices, take help, humble themselves. But when, when success comes, they just don't want to take advices. They don't want to be in an attitude of uh, receiving advisory or taking counsel. They just do what they think is right. They are blinded by their success and they take themselves and people following them into the path of destruction. And this is the sad truth. Uh, it's a statistical uh, fact about leadership that success destroys more than failure. <laughs> when God blesses, <clears throat> this is something I find in the Bible. When did David commit sin? Was it when he was a shepherd boy? Was it when he was facing the challenges of the Philistines? No, when he became successful, had nothing to do, was roaming around on the terrace of his house, that's when sin came in. When did Samson commit sin? When he was a weak, normal guy? No, when God's power came on him and he became successful and he got the feeling, you know, he can do anything he wants. When did Abraham commit a big mistake of birthing Ishmael? When he had so much success in life that his wife, wife trusted him with another woman. I mean, that's a level of success I wish none of us get into. <laughs> that kind of success usually breeds consequences, blessings usually breeds a huge level of responsibilities. And a lot of people keep asking for blessings, not realizing that if you don't manage those blessings well, those blessings can change your attitudes, can change your character and make you somebody you never wished you would be. So it's, it's important to understand that we have to develop Character. We have to develop choices. We have to develop faith as God is blessing us. You are blessed, my brother. My sister, you are blessed. Now, maybe some of you are saying, you don't know the struggles I'm going through and you're calling me blessed. Hey, listen, 
Listen, you may be going through trouble, but you are blessed in Jesus' name. And that trouble is going to turn into solutions because you are blessed in Jesus' name. And I say this with tenacity. I say this with conviction. I say this with passion because this is the truth of the word of God. Hallelujah. This is the truth of the word of God. You are not a slave of some curse. You've chosen to be with Jesus. And Jesus is life and abundant life. He's the prince of life. Jesus said, I am life and resurrection. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. When you follow Jesus, you're following blessings. Hallelujah. When Christ is in you, blessing is in you. And therefore, we must develop character. You know, there was a time, there's a guy called Balak. He was a king uh, who hated Israel. I know it sounds deja vu, right? I mean, it's a common feeling. Even today, there are people who hate and anti-Semitism is unfortunately on the rise. So this, this Balak, the king who lived around the place that Israel was passing through, wanted to destroy Israel. But Balak, the king, knew that Israel was so powerful because of God's blessings on them. And he, he just didn't want to go and fight because anybody who fought Israel was defeated. So he comes up with a plan. He decides to curse Israel so that there's some supernatural intervention and, and this blessed country can somehow be cursed. So he thinks through and then he gets to know there is a prophet called Balaam. See, the problem is Balak wants to curse Israel, but he can't because all his spiritual powers and all his uh, uh, religion put together cannot curse the community that is blessed by the real living God. So he thinks through and he gets an idea. There's a prophet in Israel called Balaam. Okay, he's a professional uh, prophet. You know, he's the prophet that says, give money right now. God's going to bless you. Give money right now. That kind of a character. So Balak goes to Balaam and says, hey, listen, I know you're a prophet of God and I'll give you the kind of money you want. I'll sow a seed for you, no problem. But, and I'll sow it in gold and silver and whatever you want. But curse Israel for me. I can't curse them. All of my religion can't curse them. Because they are blessed by God. Now you're a guy who serves that same God. You're from Israel. Would you curse your community? Now Balaam says if the offering is really big and you know if it's really worthwhile, I don't mind trying. So Balaam is now enticed by Balak the king. Balaam the prophet enticed by Balak the king is waiting to curse Israel. And while he's there to curse Israel, he realizes he can't curse what God has blessed. Did you hear that? Read in the book of Numbers, the Bible says, what God has blessed, who can curse? Hallelujah, right there. I feel the finger of the Holy Spirit touching some of your hearts. Whom God has blessed, who can curse? Prophet Balaam says to King Balak, I can't even curse this people because they are blessed by God. Balak says, all right, what do we do? Balaam says, I'll give you an idea. Now you'll find this in the book of Jude. That's the last but one book of the Holy Bible in New Testament. Balaam says to Balak, I'll give you an advice. You know, the blessings of God on these guys, there's only one way it can be removed. Take them out of their character. 
They're walking in the character of honoring God. Take them out of their character. You've got good looking women, Balak, O king, in your country, there are good looking women who are not too keen about their morals. So send those ladies into the Israeli camps. And guess what? Israeli men will want to date those ladies, will want to go out with those women, will get into two things eventually. One is sexual perversion and other is religious perversion. They'll get into, you know, uh, 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 sexual sins which God will have to take away his blessings from. And second, because your girls are, you know, worshipping idols and have their own traditions, these Jewish boys, just to please the girls, will also start to do things which they know is wrong and surely the curse will come. And guess what? That's exactly what Balak the king did eventually. He advised his ladies to go and entrap the thousands of young people of Israel and thereby God's curse began to come. You see, the devil cannot curse what God has blessed. That's why the devil wants to bring you out of your Christian character. That's why the devil wants to bring you out and provoke you into temperaments that are wrong, into decisions that are wrong, into character that God cannot bless. Why? Because what God has blessed, no one can curse. And so the devil wants to take you out of God's plan and then cause a curse on you. As long as you stay in the plan of God, trouble may come, but trouble will go. You will survive victoriously. Why, brother? Because you are the blessed stock in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. The choices we make are very important in managing the blessings. Israelites lost the blessings. Why? Because they didn't manage their character when they saw flirtish, pardon the expression, but flirtish, provocative immorality that came and they lost their character. And so they walked out of God's blessings. God's blessing stays in God's call, in God's plan. You and I have to be careful to stay in it. Another time is Esau. Esau is a, a popular name because he's Jacob's elder brother. Elder by what? One hour, half an hour or whatever. Elder. They are actually twins. But there's a small gap in timing between their birth. And Esau was the elder one. <clears throat> Naturally, he was blessed. Why? Because he's the elder one and he's blessed. You know, uh, elder ones were blessed. Younger ones are also blessed. But Esau made choices that disrespected his blessings. And I'll show that to you in the Bible. Uh, one very evident one is when his brother was doing something in the kitchen and, and you know, Esau just wanted to have something from the kitchen and Jacob, uh, the younger fellow, was <laughs> very shrewd. I mean, if he stood for Indian elections, he would win hands down. Man, that guy, crazy. He can make promises and make deals that, that no one will suspect. And his brother was like a, you know unfortunate water and said I'll do what you want but just give me something to eat and uh, the guy says all right sell me your birthright sell me your blessings Esau was so disrespectful of his blessings that he said I don't care about the blessings just give me what I want take the blessings take the birthright eventually it was easy for God to say look Esau I can't bless you I mean God didn't say that but through his own father he couldn't be blessed because 
He made continuous choices of life which voted against blessings and life itself. You and I cannot make choices that disrespect our faith in God, that disrespect the value of having Christ in our life. There are people who say, oh, you know, what is there in following Jesus? And then they want the blessings of Jesus. Doesn't work like that. You and I need to value the birthright of being born again in Christ Jesus and make choices of protecting that birthright. That's where we find that God's blessings will be abundant on us. We have to manage ourselves to live in the blessings of God. Our core values, our core faith is very important. Who we believe we are in Christ Jesus is so important to walk in the blessings of God. Now some people say, oh, but why is God always, you know, uh, I feel God is correcting me. God is, you know, always, always speaking to me to change. Maybe I'm not blessed. You are so wrong. If God is constantly telling you to change and correcting you, it's a big sign you're blessed. Read with me, Job chapter 5 and verse 17. Blessed is the one whom God corrects. Did you see that? Blessed is the one whom God corrects. So do not despise the discipline of the Almighty. Don't look down on it. You know, God speaks to us and corrects us, number one, by his word. That's why Sunday morning is so important. Go back. Now, if you're going to a place where the Bible is not taught and there's some kind of, you know, somebody's written something, you're just reading it, you don't know what it is. You don't understand the language there. Please go to a place where you study the Bible on a Sunday. Because God corrects us. Now that's a sign of blessing, being blessed. Second, he uses divine experiences like dreams and visions and prophecies. Supernatural. Third, to correct us, God uses circumstances and situations to teach us how to be better resolved. And number four, God uses relationships and people, sometimes strangers in our lives to teach us, to correct us, so we move forward. One guy who was so blessed by God, but handled it so wrong and didn't manage it well. <laughs> I know, <laughs> he's such a popular guy. He's most popular because of the number of wives he had. In fact, in India, there aren't many churches with so many members. He had more wives than an average church has members. Salo's name is Solomon. He had 700 wives and 300 concubines, altogether about 1,000 women. I don't know how he remembered all these names. But anyway, Solomon, thousand wives, so blessed by God. I'm not saying thousand wives are a blessing. I'm saying that was the anti-blessing, anti you know. He, he walked into things that stripped him off the blessings. He was so blessed. And he's the wisest man on the earth. This is the crazy thing. You know, there's a difference between knowledge and behavior. Being the wisest doesn't mean your behavior needs to be right. You have to connect your wisdom with your character. You have to connect your knowledge with your behavior. The gap between what you know and what you do can either be disaster or be something you regret later. Reduce that gap. When you know something is right, then behave in that fashion. Amen. And Solomon kept widening the gap between his wisdom and his character. And it's really sad. <laughs> Number one, the first thing that I see how Solomon mismanaged the blessings of God, mismanaged all the goodness of God in his life, and eventually lost it for the generations. Uh, I think the first mistake he made, you know David, his father? David, his father? 
He was close to two categories of people. One was prophets of God who would speak God's word to him. Second was priests of God who would bring God's presence in his life. God's voice came through the prophets. God's presence came through the priests. Two relationships that David, no matter where he ran and how he hid himself from Absalom or from Saul or from Philistines, but he always maintained these two friendships. One was with the priests of God, like Abiathar and the whole group. And the other was with the prophets of God, like Nathan and the whole prophetic group. And guess what Solomon does? He cuts godly relationships. You know, you know the devil is taking you out of God's blessings for you when you're cutting your godly relationships. They may not be perfect, Godly relationships may not be always right. Maybe those people have got errors in them. But don't you strip away Christian godly relationships. Christian is a wrong word because some Christians are not godly. I'm talking about godly relationships. People who fear the Lord. People who walk by the word of God. Even if there are inconsistencies in their life. Maintain relationships with people who hear from God and who carry God's presence. And guess what Solomon does? He distances himself. He moves away from people who can speak God's word into his life and can bring God's presence into his life. That's sad. He keeps away from the priests of God and from the prophets of God. Actually speaking, he should have been closer to them than David because he happened to build that magnificent temple of God where the priests of God and the prophets of God would minister. He should have idly spent more time with them. But the guy inaugurates the whole thing, puts a placket saying, built by Solomon, and he's gone. Hmm. You know, second thing, Solomon allowed relationships in his life, especially through his wives and girlfriends or whatever you call them, concubines, or whatever English you use, you know, today's English of the same would be Facebook friends, WhatsApp chat friends, you know. <laughs> affair, affair, Solomon, affair, you know. Those days it was called concubine. Hmm. Having pleasure without commitment, having pleasure in the hidden, having pleasure outside of God's mandate. That's sin, whatever you call it. Now the Bible says, this guy, he allowed these women and men in his life to a point where they began to influence his value systems and he had to compromise his value systems to maintain those relationships. You know it is not God. You know it is the devil's work when friendships begin to put a demand on you saying, change your spiritual convictions. When they tell you, hey, come on, don't be so religious, change your spiritual convictions, let's be friends. Any friendship that begins to demand a change on your commitment to God is a friendship that is taking you in the wrong direction. It simply means stay friends with them, but don't give them that freedom to change you. You must have the freedom to change them in the direction of God's will. Solomon was careless and allowed friendships in his life beyond formal business. You know, uh, Solomon, how, how did Solomon end up in all this trouble? Because kings from neighboring countries would donate their daughters to him saying, you know, get married to my daughter and let's have a relationship. 
Honestly, that was the culture of the countries those days, that kings would offer their daughters uh, to neighboring kings just to maintain peace, that there would be no war. And, and you find a lot of these things even in Indian history. You know, uh, before the Britishers came, India had so many kings ruling different parts of India. And they would allow their daughters to get married uh, to the prince of another neighboring country just to avoid uh, a war in the future. So that's what was happening to Solomon. You know, people, uh, kings from neighboring countries were sending their daughters, their women to Solomon saying, get married to our girls so that you will not come to fight with us and we won't come to war with you. You see, that's fine. Now that's a diplomatic relationship. Keep it at that point. Leave it at the diplomatic relationship. But the minute you start allowing formal friendships, business friendships, you know, college friendships, school friends, when you start allowing personal friendships to start interfering with your value systems, with your faith, with your convictions in God, you are walking on a slippery slope and you might just slip out of God's blessings over your life. So stay within God's blessings. Third, one good thing I find about Solomon is the courage he had to move forward in the blessing of God. That's something good I find about Solomon. When God blessed Solomon, you know what he did? He said, I'm not scared to move forward. I know Israel has had a tradition of poverty. Israel has had a tradition of warfare. Israel has had a tradition of always being in trouble. But now that God has given me peace, let's embrace the change. Let's embrace the new blessing of God. Let's embrace a, a moving forward. In the time of Solomon, there was not one war. Great. In the time of Solomon, the Bible says gold and silver became so common. It became so common. Why? Because everybody's economic life went up. The people in the country, their economic standard went up. And Solomon said, so be it. If God is blessing us, let's live in that blessing. He didn't say, no, 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 no. In my father's time, David's time, there was a lot of warfare. There was a lot of poverty and we need to stay poor. We need to always be in fight. No, Solomon understood. If God is blessing us with a new season, we walk in that blessing. Now that's something good I find about Solomon. But blessings have to be managed. If you get a chance to suffer for the Lord, Matthew chapter 5 verse 11, hey, it's a great blessing. Blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for the sake of Jesus. Because you are a child of God, because you walk according to God's will, not because you did something wrong, not because you've offended somebody unnecessarily, not because you've insulted somebody, but purely because of your faith in God. If you are persecuted and suffering, you are blessed in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to close with one more scripture. The truth about blessing is this. The truth about blessing is this. God has already blessed you in Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 3. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. What is God's word saying? You are already blessed 
in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. You're already blessed in Christ Jesus. You're already blessed in Christ Jesus. And all you have to do is connect with that blessing of God and download it in your life. It's already granted. I want to pray with you today because our God is a miracle working God. Hallelujah. You are going to have and experience that abundance in Jesus' name. Maybe you're suffering for the Lord today. Maybe you're going through pain. Maybe because you're a child of God, there is some kind of a struggle that you have often. I want you to know, his blessing is on your life and he will prosper you. You will be victorious. Hallelujah. Your business will flourish. Your institutions will grow. I say this prophetically in the name of Jesus. Your career will excel. Why? Because you are blessed in Christ Jesus. Take a minute to pray together and say, Father, I believe your word today. While your eyes are closed and heads above, tell him, Lord, I believe you today. And I'm not going to allow all the blessings of yours on my life to be mismanaged by poor choices or wrong beliefs or a declining character. No. Oh God, I want to honor you. I want to honor you with all your blessings on my life. Like Mother Mary. I understand that there are consequences to blessings. I understand there is a culture of blessing. I understand there is that blessing. And I pray, Father, your favor will be on my life. I pray your anointing will be on my life. I pray your grace will be on my life. Today I commit myself to you, Father, to walk and live in the blessing of your word. Like blessed Mother Mary, that our lives will be blessed simply staying in the will of God. Heavenly Father, this beautiful morning, I speak your blessing on your people because you've already blessed them. I thank you that you will constantly remind us by your Holy Spirit to keep choosing life and blessings and not to make choices of death and curses, but to constantly choose life and blessings, even when we are demotivated, even when we are feeling low, to make choices which belong to life and blessings. Hallelujah. Thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. We pronounce your blessing on your people. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. I believe that you are blessed. Please connect with us for prayer or counseling. Please do call us or visit our website. Or visit us. The details are given in the description. We'll be glad to serve you. Do subscribe so you can receive the latest podcast to encourage you in your journey in Christ. Please do share it with your friends too by clicking the share button. We are praying for you. God has great plans for your life. Thanks again for participating, listening. God bless you.